Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. looking back at round 10 of the AFL that's now in the books and like every week we start off with our highlight of the weekend so Josh you got a highlight from the last weekend oh it has to be the goal Eddie Betts it's not a bad effort it, not we were watching it um, on the telly and when he kicked it I was just like fuck off I swear to God it was out of bounds but then on the replay I mean no it, it was yeah when, but, he, when he brings it back into his body yeah but, that last little, little bit but I'm glad the umpire who, who Eddie had his back to didn't Call it because I think you couldn't see it anyway. So I'm going to say that's the right call. If you can't see it, mm. you don't call it. And yeah, it, yep. it was out of bounds, but means nothing because it's gone through the middle and the perfect camera angle behind it as well to see it curl and then just straighten right over the umpire's hat. Yeah, absolute fucking bullshit. Like, how can that happen repeatedly? Yeah. Like from about five meters away from where he kicked goal of the year last year. Yeah. Any any other player you'd think, oh, that's a one in a lifetime. With Eddie, that's one a week. But uh, that was one of his best one of weeks. By far. Uh, Brenton, you got a highlight from the weekend? Um, my highlight was probably seeing uh, what a Ross Lyon spray is worth. And apparently <laughs> it's worth one quarter. One quarter football is where you get a Ross Lyon spray. So, yeah, fucking useless, really. Not a bad effort. They were playing it up, weren't they, the uh, uh, the commentary team? They were. They were trying to make something out of the game. Well, they were trying to sell it. I, yeah. I think Ross is just throwing shade. He's like, yeah. see guys, I'm not tanking. And the thing is, <laughs> you couldn't really hear what he was saying. He didn't look as animated as... Well, he wasn't an intimidating animated person. Like uh, Malcolm Blight or someone or yeah. Yeah, someone who really goes you're, nuts. You're not, you're not scared of Ross. So. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, come on, guys. I've seen the Scott brothers more animated when they lose the toss. Yeah, the, the best bit about the Scott brothers is watching them try and not be animated and just <laughs> sit there and yeah. boil. <laughs> it's even funny when you see the coaches, they, they bang the phone down or something... And then you see them go, oh, shit, I'm in the box. And they put their hand over their mouth and just start convulsing. Yeah, well, I swear there's someone whose job it is to tell when they're on, ta- on camera. You see Dimitar all the time. Uh, switch for him, he's like, fuck, uh, uh, it's all good here. Um, Clarkson has mastered the swearing into your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you see him, he covers his mouth and just you know he's going for it. Doesn't know if his hand loves him or hates him. Um, I think somebody else brought it up. The SCG, I don't think they have a shot of the coach's box. So you didn't get a, any shots of uh, Scott mid-match on Friday night. Yeah. To find out what he thought of it. Well, uh, he has been fairly relaxed this year, but then again, he's um, nine and one. So, and yeah. there was uh, Ken Hinckley was punching the the glass in the coach's box at Alice Springs. So the coaches have had a busy weekend. Well, when in Rome, yeah, Alice Springs. Why not? <laughs> well, you know, um, you know what my highlight is just the general um, Indigenous round, or the is it Sir Douglas Nichols? Have I got that correct? I think so. Yeah, I believe so. Um, is that the first time it's been called that round? Yes, or? it is. Yeah, right, cool. Uh, with a little sidetracking there, has anyone gone through the whole story of... Yeah, it's the, amazing. 
Unbelievable. How the hell is that not a movie? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Google it, guys, because I won't go through it now. We don't have time. Um, no, I think um, the guy Dixon, who does a lot of the AFL movies, has done a doco on it. Or uh, a half yeah. hour or something like a that. A doco, that, that's fine. But this is prime time Hollywood or, story tale. Or he's done a couple of story tales. Let's be honest, the only movie about AFL that people try and promote is The Club, which sucks balls. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty ordinary. There's been a few other ordinary ones done in the last couple of years as well. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing worth mentioning. But what I love about the Drew Time at the G is uh, how people walk over themselves to show how much they love Indigenous Round more than the next person and how accepting they are yeah. of Indigenous Round more than the next person. Yep. But it's been a gradual build-up to that because, you know, go through a little bit of a history lesson. Obviously, this all starts back with Kevin Sheedy and Dreamtime at the G because he yeah. was um, the driving force around that. And as much to get another marquee matchup for his club being Essendon at the time yep. and the Tigers, obviously, uh, as it was to, you know, he actually did a lot of work with um, Indigenous youth uh, around the place. So it started with the June time at the G and then one of the guys or somebody in the marketing department thought, if we make up different G- uh, Guernseys, we'll, we'll celebrate that, you know, yep. we'll allowed to do it. So then Essendon and Richmond started making different Guernseys. Yeah. Then a few other clubs thought, you know what, we might jump in on this. Well, so, I mean, exploitation and awareness go hand in hand. They do. Yeah. So, um, and before long, it's gone from Dreamtime of the G to Indigenous Round. Yeah. And then every team's got an Indigenous jumper. Yeah. I've yeah. seen Indigenous jumpers in country leagues. <laughs> I did also yes. see that. Um, uh, and then it went to uh, this week where Melbourne had their boots painted. Yeah, that's right, yes. It was painted by um, Cam Peterson, who played a couple of games for Hawthorne, and he was on uh, Richmond's list for a while as well. So that, that's, yeah. that's where we've got to now. I want to know where can it go next. I want somebody to. Uh, what Port Adelaide should have done is one up them, and gone. All right, you're going to paint your boots. We're going to play barefoot. <laughs> We're going to really take this back. The old three corner jacks are studs. Yeah, we'll play barefoot. Or no, see, I'm waiting for uh, say Gold Coast, their marketing department, to go. All right, nah, lads, lads, we got this fucking sorted. All right, they turn up game day. They've painted all the players black. And they've gone. All right, yeah, that's great. We're on board. Oh shit, no, no, they don't like that. It does no. sound more like a St Kilda thing. <laughs> but you're on the right track though because I thought the next thing get rid of indigenous guernseys paint the players paint the players on the jerseys war paint war paint um, I think the ochre yeah. Is it, yeah exactly why can't you do that put the numbers on the back paint the jersey you can't sell them afterwards which is a bit of a downside but you know there's that and then the final thing is then uh, truckloads of red dirt get rid of the grass yeah I mean Eddie had stadium shit anyway yeah in service Put the red dirt in. And, I mean, and then we'll see who loves Indigenous Round the most. You've already got the hill at Adelaide, so get rid of the grass, bit of red dirt on top. Where you go. Back um, up the ute. And finally, because I've seen uh, a couple of the uh, NT games in the NT leagues, they show it on one of the pay TV channels NLTV. over the summer. Probably is, yeah. Um, where the tribal elders can actually overrule the umpires. <laughs> they, I've seen it when there's fights and stuff. The tribal elders come onto the ground. Really? And they can suspend players or take them off or whatever they like because obviously that's a higher uh, yeah. court of law than the umpires. So Fair enough. Th- that's what they need to bring in. I like that new aspect of the game. I think we, yeah, I like to see that brought into a bit upper leagues. So that's what they need to do just to make Indigenous Round proper. Who would you say would be the AFL elders in not not, not in terms of Aboriginal but in terms of community Brassy. respect? Brassy. Yeah, if Brass came and said, "Oi, uh, I'm marriage." You're fucking off for two weeks. Bit, I think even marriage would be like, oh yeah, okay, brass. Bit of dementia doesn't go astray either. No. I, think it, I think it just makes yeah. it interesting. Oi, damn it, you're suspended. I'm over here. Yeah, fuck you, you're overspended anyway. <laughs> Where's that Jacko fucker? Um, besides him, 
I know Bobby Skilton's still going around. Yeah, I forget who what old timers are still alive and which yep. ones have passed on. Yeah, like I think I've written off Ron Brassy a couple of times just to <laughs> forget that yeah. he's still kicking. Um I'm yeah. trying to wind one back, but, but I mean uh, Jack Dyer, I mean he passed a long time ago. He, he did, yeah, yep. Louis Richards and Jack are... No, Louis's still there. Is he still what? there? I'm pretty well, sure he's he still alive. I wiped him off. Yeah, I actually, yeah, heard someone talking about it the other day. I thought, oh, that poor bastard, he was a good fella. Does he know he passed on? But he's uh, he's well into his nineties, and I don't think he talks much anymore. It's uh, a shame, but he, he's still around. At least not to yeah. other people. Um, but anyway, that's uh, the highlights of the weekend. So we'll go straight into the games. We'll look first at uh, Friday night at the SCG. Uh, Sydney got over the line at North. Uh, I think what this really showed was. Uh, City are at near full strength. Yeah. Um, there's only one or two players from the best 22 that are out. Teddy Richards is one. Um, but when that midfield goes gets firing, there's not many teams that can stop them. As a matter of fact, there is no team that can stop them. Well, yeah. when you when you look at their, like, Mitchell Kennedy, Jack, and uh, Hanbury, between Mitchell Kennedy and Jack, they've got 35 tackles. Yeah. And Jesus. Uh, over 100 possessions. Yeah, and you haven't mentioned Parker yet. Oh, shit. No. So, or Hanbury. And those guys were unbelievable. Uh, North really, really missed Jacobs, who could at least have uh, made one of them a little more honest. Yeah, but... I don't know which one you go to. Exactly. What does he do, though? I mean, all yeah. right, you wipe out Hanabry. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. the rest of them. What are the rest of them? Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to check out, on uh, the Reddit AFL thread, or uh, maybe last week, there was a comparison of ground sizes. Yeah. I forgot to double-check it, but is the SCG more pointy than um, Eddie had, like in the pockets? Is I, it... I believe so. Better? I believe it's, it's more egg-shaped. Well... Uh, this is really dependent on what my argument is, but maybe that North Melbourne they didn't have they couldn't spread as wide in their pockets like they usually do for their workout of defence, which has been a key to their um, uh, sort of defensive strategy going uh, going over the top of the zone and into the forward lines. And so I wonder if the SG is a bit skinnier in the pockets and they couldn't spread as wide because they seem to get trapped in their their forward line really easily, which has been one of the things that North Melbourne sort of excelled at was a very controlled way out of their back lines. I thought the same thing, uh, not just because of the back line, because of the forward line as well, because so often the big tall men running in each other's space, uh, which is pretty dumb, if I'm honest about yeah, that. Tall men are smart. Um, but yeah, guys like uh, Waite was quiet. He was always trying though, so I wouldn't really hold him too responsible. But um, Petrie did sweet fuck all night, and Ben Brown had a few good marks, but a few easy misses. And those three guys were running into each other's uh, pocket the whole damn time. Yeah, I think a lot of it is Sydney have gone back to their real shutdown tight game. <clears throat> They're not um, kicking or conceding big scores in the last little while. So I think they've just really hit their, their, their tactics and their structures as much as I hate those fucking words. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're getting that back. But um, you touched on something there that I, I wanted to go through as well. Um, one thing that else hates me with, uh, really pisses me off, when it comes to uh, players in their little interviews and stuff like that, is false modesty or, right, yeah. or forced modesty. Because yeah. you, like, you don't want to say, yeah, we're fucking good, aren't we? They always yeah. have to go, oh, yeah, nah, you know, it's tough opposition. Well, They're yeah. 0-10, doesn't matter. Um, but there was one during the week where they went to Hanbury, I think, and they said, you know, do you think uh, Buddy's got a chance at 100? Yeah. And we're like, oh, no, you know what? Who, who does is Jared Waite. He's the form forward of the competition. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, mate. Settle down. Waite's had a good year. Let's not discount that at all. Yeah. He's had a good year. He's averaging a bit over two goals a game, but he's averaging over four. Yeah. And Is he's really? buddy. Uh, actually, no, it's right on four now. He's kicked 40. Plus his old Josh Kennedy for the Eagles, who's just having a killer season there. as well. But so. he had to mention, you know, the team he's playing against to give them props, you know. Mm. It's just, don't, just 
don't. Yeah, and forced a, modesty just pisses me off for some reason. And as a team who is just lost, when a, an opposition tries to pay you a bit of credit, it really fucking grinds my gears. Like, <laughs> it pisses me off. Yeah, that always happens after the game. You know, they really like put it up you know. Yeah. You've thumped them by 100. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, like, no, they put in a good effort. Yeah, they're, they're really gonna go place. You like just eat a dick, motherfucker. That, <laughs> that was one thing I liked about Akamanis. He'd get out there and go, "Oh, mate, we pumped him. We gave him a fair fucking hiding." You tell the truth. Yeah, like, while he's doing a handstand, they man. were insipid, mate. I could run anywhere <laughs> I wanted yeah. to, do whatever I wanted. They couldn't do a damn thing to stop me. Mind you, it's just as arrogant when they lost. You know, those blokes are running around like Superman. No, he'd say the same things just about his own team instead. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but uh, so the other big thing to come out of this game, Lindsay Thomas. Hasn't oh. that sparked a debate? Fuck me. He gets two free kicks. Hasn't He's got four all year, and all of a sudden it's a thing. But it's been a, his whole career. Why is it just now that it's a thing? Like, uh, there must have been a bit of quiet round, I think, in regards to there's no Selwood high tackles. There was uh, no Hawthorne free kick count. Well, the thing um, is, no Adelaide bias. So well, This was Friday night, too. Real so light it was, on it was Thomas. the first one. Yeah. The thing is, though, previously they've said, oh, he throws his head back. but uh, And, you know, he does. Not arguing that point. But now they're like, oh, he backs into tackles. Buckles the knees. Every fucking player buckles the knees. Well, the thing is, I mean, the worst one was the the second one. And it came after Hewitt for Sydney, who had the worst one on the night, as far as I can see, where he dived straight forward and got the free kick. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the North player who had the microphone on him? Um, uh, J-Mac. It, it was. Um, McMillan. Mc, I was going to say McMillan, but I didn't think that was right. Uh, McMillan. Uh, after that, he actually, it was great they had the mic on him. He goes, oh, can't argue with that one. Like, hey, mate, you, you give him a 10 for the dive. But the, the thing with the second one with Lindsay Thomas is, um, like, I'm all for it. Like, he got tackled high. You, you know what the players do. Your job is to tackle them on the elbow or below. Because if you go above the elbow, it's going to creep high. Well, not to bring it back to country footy all the time, but I'm going to. Um, the first thing we were taught was tackle the hips. Um, if you grab a bloke's hips... He's not going anywhere. I mean, these days, players will jump up into tackles and uh, try and get their arms free. So be it. If you've got their hips, they're stuck. Yeah, but they can still handball. They so can. I, I can see where they're, they're trying to pin the arms, but they're just pinning them too high. Yeah, but a, a handball, you're still a chance to get the ball back because the ball's still in dispute and it's a handball under pressure. So I'd take that over tackling a guy like Christensen, Thomas, those guys that will shrug tackles, and you're giving away a free st- kick to a player who can now choose what to do well i mean brenton was right he's got this reputation be it fairly or unfairly it doesn't matter he's got it so you yeah. know like you've got to tackle better against yep. that person you've got to be more careful yeah and you've got to be aware of it having said that on the other side of the things if when Lindsay thomas picked up the ball his first instinct was i'm getting a free kick yeah without a doubt yeah like there's no doubt and like you said it's, it's up to the tackler to tackle him correctly yeah but i, I How, think sorry, okay. however if that is what you do, you cannot complain when you get complaints. Yeah. You. you can't say, oh, no, he's unfairly. No, he fucking did it. Yeah. And he got a free kick and he kicked a goal. That's You've got to accept that is the price you pay. Yeah. yeah. Just the same as the well, tackler has to accept the price he pays for not tackling properly is a free kick. Well, you can't say you did that every time. You had nine possessions and he only got two free kicks. Yeah, we did it twice right in front of goal, though. Yeah, but that's only two out of nine. Yeah, I'm saying, all right. You do it once per game, you can't complain about that once per game that gets looked at. Yeah. I'm not saying he has to do it every single time for it to be an issue. But we're going to remember more from now on. Yeah. I think I think the real controversy comes out of he, he's trying to do veteran moves when he's not a veteran yet. <laughs> he so, looks like one. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's 45. You're really ruin, ruining the, the, 
the sort of uh, range of veterans for their advantages yeah. there. And the other price he pays is there are times where it's a legitimate free kick and he doesn't get it because yep. the umpire's like, I know your yeah. game. Yeah. And no doubt that happens too. Well, it I'd does. Yeah. It happens yeah. more yeah. than he gets the free kick, to be honest. It's when everyone cheers. Not that, no, but. <laughs> no, Even the North fans cheer at those ones. <laughs> no. Every game he gets taken high legit and he doesn't get a free kick. This one, he's got taken high three times, gets two out of three, and he all of a sudden it's the worst thing in the world. But anyway, I, I just think it's it's a free kick if you get them high. You've got to accept it. Um, yep. And if you're playing for free kicks, and there is no doubt that's exactly what he thought, as soon as he touched the ball, I'm getting a free kick, yeah. you've got to accept the uh, the PR backlash that comes your way. But anyway, that's the way it goes. Uh, I'm sure Lily Thomas doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't care. <laughs> he only cared about kicking the goals. Yeah, more he'd, power to him. He'd whack his own teammate high and then he got another <laughs> yeah. shot on goal. Well, he's not the only one in the like, what? You got a disposal. I got the goal. It's all, it's all square. Brett, him and Brett Harvey are trading blows. <laughs> I'll like, tell you what. Like nah, Jack Viney lining up. Nahas got lucky. He uh, had a play on for, I think it was uh, Brown. No, it was Boomer. Got a free kick and Nahas has played on into traffic. Oh, didn't he? he? Yeah, I remember that. almost fucked it right up, but uh, he managed to sort of goose step and put one through. But uh, that's one of the ones where if you're playing on inside 50, you've got to kick that fucking thing. Absolutely, you do. Um, so the other thing that comes out of this game is now we can obviously write off North Melbourne for the year. Yep. Uh, they well, finally lost. Honestly, I'm, I'm glad of that because every time there's a favourite, they lose. Um, close to it. So I think Sydney is uh, probably the shoe-in favourite at the moment. So they're fucked this week. Who are they? I can't remember who they're playing but, this week. Um, the other thing is to... Well, now we'll go through that later. Anyway. Well, I've done some research here, and I thought... Because um, there's been things about, oh, North Melbourne haven't really tested yet, you know, all yeah. that kind of shit. Now they've, they've had their first test, which is whatever, and they've lost, you can write them off. So I've had a look at the current top eight, because a lot of people believe that the top eight is just about settled by now. Yeah. So I've had a look at the top eight and their record against other top eight sides. And the good news is, nobody's undefeated yet. So Really? I've had a look. Uh, who do you reckon's got the worst record against top eight sides? Just off the top of your head. Well, From the top Richmond. eight? <laughs> won't be Richmond because they're the ones that win. Yeah, they're um, not in the top eight too, so yeah. let's rule that out. I'd have to say Hawks. I'm going for the Dogs. It's actually West Coast. West Coast. 0-3 no, yeah. against top oh, eight okay. sides. So, okay. um, I'll go from the top yeah. in alphabetical order. Adelaide are two and four. Right. GWS, three and two. Right. Geelong, three and one. Yep. Hawthorne, three and three. North two and one, Sydney four and one. Now that's why they're favourites, and also yeah. Sydney are the only ones to have an interstate win against the top four, uh, right. top eight side. Eagles are zero and three, like we said, and the Bulldogs are one and three. Um, I've also gone through and seen how many games they've got left against the current top eight. Yep, North have got eight, eight Ooh. to go. So out of all the top eight sides, they have eleven games all up right. against top eight. That's what, the most out of anybody. What about Sydney? Because that's when we pinpointed last season as where they really went down was their performance against top eight sides. I think they were zero and six against Some or, or crazy, one and six yeah. against the top six, something like that. Um, well, they're four and one with five games to go. So that's really good for them. Like I mean, because their their home games has always been solid. So if they can pick up the the aways against the top eight, yeah. then. You know, it goes a long way in what they're going to be able to do confidence-wise in the finals. Well, and that's the the other thing with uh, Hawthorne because they they and Adelaide are the only ones that have played six games currently, and they both have four to go. But yep. I think Hawthorne's got um, uh, 
away at Sydney and away at West Coast. So they've got two interstate trips yep. against uh, top eight sides to go. So there you go. It's actually quite an even draw when you look at it like that. Yeah, the way it's turned out. And the thing is, if we had yeah. predicted what when the draw comes out and you look at who you think is going to fit where, everyone's yeah. up in arms like, oh, it's bullshit. We're going to play, uh, play Fremantle free twice. <laughs> yeah, now you're thinking, oh, yeah. we're going to play free on Essendon. Fucking yeah. sweet. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not claiming bias or anything like that. That's just, just what it is. And yeah, it works out. Look, one team plays 11 games against top eight sides, and that's North. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four play 10 games, and three play nine games. Uh, and in the day, you don't know who's going to be top eight before the season starts. Exactly. So. so it's just the way it's worked out. And, you know, with injuries and who you play home and who you play away, it just works out. So yeah. I thought we'd just uh, have a look at that. But what it really says to me is Sydney are the favourites, and, and you can clearly see why. Four and one against top eight sides. And yeah, they've got effort. A- Pretty clean injury sheet too, which determines premierships as much as anything these days. Absolutely does. At the moment, they've got Teddy Richards, who's being rested for a concussion, and he'll be rested for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Probably a very good idea. Just tell him leave the helmet on, maybe, for yeah. the rest of the season, the rest of your, your career. Um, yeah, I think he'll play one or two game stretches from here on in. Just yeah. Nursing through to finals. Yeah. You want his experience when yeah. it comes down to the, the business end of it. And we're seeing a, a motivated and uh, confident buddy, which... It, it, it scares it's anyone. Scares what he ca- could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, at this stage, I'm surprised if he doesn't get a hundred. Um, on to the next game, which is a Brisbane hosting Hawthorne. Uh, it's the first trip to the Gabba for the Hawks since 2008. Look like a massive Hawthorne contingent that get, uh, in the crowd there as well. Yeah. Even the Cyril chant went up at one stage. Looked yep. like it sounded like it filled the whole ground. Yeah, and I mean, Lewis is 300, 250, that's what it was. Yeah, so they had one milestone game there. So you usually find the fans put an extra effort for someone who's been a bit of a club favourite around there. The the stalwart. Um, And I do think the Cyril Chan, I do think it started in the commentary box. So it might have got around a little bit (laughs) further like that. Jesus Christ, they went on. Could have been the echo in the empty uh, Brisbane Lions. (laughs) I've noticed Um, how bad it's been before. I can't be the only one that just thinks Cameron Ling is the equivalent of pouring liquid diarrhea into your ear canal. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's he is up there the, with the worst. The, he is the... Uh, I, I'm not saying he doesn't know footy. He probably does. I'm not saying he's not uh, an ornament to the game. But when his voice starts, I just want to put a screwdriver in my eardrums. Yeah, spot on there, BT. Yeah, it's the way it goes, man. Kick it forward and then you've got better champion goals. Um, I've always heard that when he was playing, he was uh, wanting to be a coach once he finished. Right. Wish he'd hurry up with that ambition. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd have a beer with Lingy. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't bother me that at all. But um, if we were having a beer and having a chat, and all of a sudden he popped up with some irrelevant, <laughs> stupid fucking fact, you'd be like, fuck off, Lingy, sharp cunt. So, uh, I'm going to have to get Solly on the line and say, oi, mate, he's going to sort you out. I was about to say, it's a shame that uh, Gold Coast don't play more Channel 7 free-to-air games, because you go soul, mate. Halfway yeah. through. Yeah. Just for old time's sake. <laughs> we'll pay the fine. <laughs> we, 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 we kickstarted that we, shit. We've got a Kickstarter going, yeah. We've collected fact, 42 grand. I wonder if we could do that. Start a Kickstarter. <laughs> Solly, knocking you out again. Uh, there was something else unusual that happened in this game. For the first time this year, Josh Gibson went to the bench. Do you really? Has not seen no, the bench right. all year, except for this game where he got a knock on the thigh. Well, to be fair, Hawthorne have been tested with their depth and resting players and people were just getting themselves reported and all sorts of what's not going on. No, I don't think we've got any reports this no, year. Didn't, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't there think, haven't been many suspensions this year, really. No, not many. I don't think we've had any. We, we've had a fine. Taylor uh, Giraffe got fined. I mean, anytime Hodges out for a while, I used to assume he's you reported. Assume, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> fucked up somehow. That's probably one he got away with. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brisbane played really well, but at the end of the day, there was just, again, one quarter burst from Hawthorne. 
Yeah. It, it does it. Yeah. And it looked like the, the center of, of Brisbane started gelling well, but just ran out of legs towards the end. And Daniel Rich put in a hard effort, even when he was up forward. Mm. But um, the other one that I was really impressed with was Zorko. Even his attitude, which usually pissed me off if it was yeah. like a team that was good, but a team that's shit and he's still going there and sticking it to the, the players and giving them what for. And he needs someone to get the boys up. And I thought he did real good to be uh, uh, the sort of engine room of that, that midfield. Yeah, well... Watching the game, Hawthorne never looked like they were thinking, shit, this could happen. They were just like, oi, oi lads, yeah. lads, just They're like, settle give the, take care of it, I'll take care of it. Settle, the, settle the fuck down. They were disgusting at times, though. I mean, both teams. But yeah. I think Isaac yeah. Smith had three turnovers in four minutes at one stage. Mm. All uh, of these Saturday day games were terrible. Terrible. The, the terrible the day, day games. Not Actually, games, right? One thing I did notice, though, Stephen Martin, what the fuck's happened to him? He has disappeared a little yeah. bit, has he? Yeah. yeah I mean, last year, I thought he was one of the former Ruckman of the comp. Yeah, this definitely year, was. Yeah, he's mid range at best. Yeah, I oh, I can think of about well, eight blokes I'd take for, before him. He did have that massive fucking knock on the head. This yeah. is true. But uh, I, I found in this game he did better things around the ground than he did in the ruck. So well, he only got seven touches, so he didn't do many of them. Oh, a good seven touches. <laughs> <laughs> he's no Cyril Rioli. Hey, you should have seen him. <laughs> Lace out every time. Um, it was good to see the old uh, the dance from Bradley Hill after he kicked the yeah, goal. Yeah, that was... He had a rough week, the poor lad. Yeah, not a good dancer either. Say poor lad, <laughs> so, he's up on assault charges. So, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know the full story of that, but what came out was three blokes cornered him and tried out a crack. Now, I, I don't know if this is fact, because this is just off Reddit, it's, but if three blokes are having a crack at you, I think you're pretty much uh, au fait with... Uh, having a crack back hey, I think if it's one on one and it's fair fucking you're well within your rights uh, yeah I, but that's just that's just what was on Reddit so I don't know if that's yeah, at all based in exactly. fact exactly who knows you're going to get somebody that's biased on either side it could yeah. have been three St. Kilda midgets see I, I didn't read any stories all I saw was a headline and assumed he beat up a chick <laughs> like anytime you see assault you think I'm just not used to people getting into a fight a fist fight and then trying to claim the other person assaulted them like you're both participating in a fight like you're the one you're lost you don't cry <laughs> on the cops and go oh fuck it he assaulted me like, yeah, it just means you buy the drinks oh, you, Hit the mats, mate. Hit the gym. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> Bradley Hill's not the biggest bloke. Oh, exactly. That's why I think it's bullshit if someone, <laughs> someone beat him up and they claim he assaulted him. Could very well be. But uh, anyway, I'm sure no. the cops and the courts are sorted out. Yeah. Well, um, good on, bloke defence. On to Melbourne. But, and they played Port Adelaide in Alice Springs. I thought Melbourne haven't won against Port for a little while, um, but they usually do well against them without winning. Yeah. So I thought they were a red-hot chance at this one, but unfortunately they just didn't have the polish. Well, th- this whole game, like, Melbourne had the polish, but even Port were really bad. At this times. looked like a, an Alice Springs A-grade game. Yeah. It, it looked terrible. It looked like he'd, yeah, he'd saddle up, back up the Jeep. But I think Port had a couple of guys that had class at times, yeah. and yep. that was enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it was the usuals, you know, Wingard and Gray. Yeah, yeah. Um, even, what's the old mate, Shaggy in the forward lines? He did Westoff. pretty good. Westoff, yeah. Westoff or Dixon? Westoff, yeah. He uh, should be out solving crimes of Scooby, but <laughs> so he played Alice Springs. Um, so, yeah, uh, I thought he had a good game. Um, they presented went on the forward lines, but through the middle, it was just horrible on both ends, both ends of the ground. Yeah. Not not a great one, anyway. But um, Porter going well without a Ruckman. Um, yeah. And mm. I think they're just happy to have a fourth big midfielder, essentially. Yeah, yeah. We've seen, I think, Trengrove, um, who does bugger all in the Ruck, but he gets a lot of clearances. Yeah. I'm wondering if it'll uh, catch on a little bit. Having said that, yeah. I, Max Gorn won the day. Yeah, without a doubt. definitely. Um, yeah, he, he's having a bloody good season. What'd you make of uh, Jack Viney going the knuckle? 
against oh, uh, Hamish Hartlett, I think. Mate, or no, Brad Ebert. Went well, in Rome. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. We're, we're getting a bit sick of the jumper punches trying to hide it. He's just gone smack and smack. Yeah. Then, oh, well. I'm, o- open hand. I like... I love the commentary. Open hands, all fair. Reminds me of Baz, <laughs> reminds me of Baz Rutten. That's what I was thinking. It was a Baz Rutten. Bungada, bungada, bungada. You tell me a man who get my clothesline, he never get up. <laughs> but apparently he'd, uh, he's fractured a knuckle. Oh, the poor bastard. Well, that's what happens when you give someone a, a right cross to the jaw. Well, Melbourne are trying to spin it that it happened before the incident. <laughs> But which I really respect them. I'm like, yeah, have a go, have a go. Good, good job. Look, lads. they they weren't knockout punches. They were just a bit of a whiff and got him a couple of times. But I mean, it's a bit of a whiff. He got you, him. You buy him a beer off. afterwards and be like, ah, oh, yeah, he got me a good one. He, he's got uh, two games down to one for it. Um, I reckon, which is lucky in one sense because if you say that's worth um, one week, yeah, then it's three strikes. That's one week each. Yeah, but <laughs> I think it's really it's worth a fine. And three fines equals one game. So yeah. I think all they've done is save him three grand. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Um, the other thing out of this, did they end up saying if Ollie Wines had an injury? Because I know one of his um, uh, marking contests, it wasn't a marking contest, he was leading out in front and sort of bent his knee backwards, like jarred it when he was about to leap. looked really bad. Don't know. First I've heard of it. Um, you can check the report and see if there's anything oh, yeah. in it. Um, it should say something. Uh uh, Broadbent, uh, uh, Gray, Homsch, no, Stewart. There was a couple no. of injuries there, right, but uh, it doesn't say about Wines. He's a tough lad, though. He is. Uh, I'm sure if it was something, it would have been, you know, he'd walk yeah. off. And, and the, again, a good excuse to show the size of his thighs for a couple of minutes <laughs> as well. And they are pretty bloody they huge. massive. Yeah. Um, but he, he's one person who, it's taken a while to find his feet, but he come back pretty good. And he did enough this game to, you know, uh, hold up his own in that team. But uh, Anyway, uh it was, a, it was a good turnout for Port, and at the end of the day, that's an interstate win for them. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's not at Melbourne's home ground. Yeah. Um, okay, on to the next one. We have St. Kilda in the shouting match against Fremantle. Um, I, I do think, like we said, a bit of a smokescreen from Ross Lyon there. Yeah. Have you ever seen a coach more comfortable with 0-10? No, never. Never. I'll- but... Anyway, I've never seen a cunt, uh, <laughs> seen a coach less impressed with uh, a winning squad either. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah, he does seem very seems blasé about everything, and I don't know. You want a bit of fire and passion in a coach, yeah. I, I think. Well, he's got a bit of passion behind the scenes. I think he did uh, yeah. go to the Spectator once. Uh, yeah, drunk and loud, we had a go at him in the stands. That's right. But the positives for Frio is, I reckon they found a future best twenty-two in Connor Blakely. Yeah, um, he'll get a. Rising star nod before yep. the season's out. He was um, awesome. Really shows some dash. Yeah, uh, and like he's make he, he knows he's got this opportunity because of uh, probably earlier than he would have expected. Yeah, you know yep. if Frio were sitting at the top of the table, he'd probably be still playing the waffle. Yep. So he's absolutely made the most of it, and that's all you can ask for with a young lad. But like we see, he wasn't scared either. Put his head over the ball and didn't matter who was coming at him. He, he tried to do his best to win it and get his team to advantage. And is he mature age at a waffle, is he? I think he's played a couple of years in the waffle. Right. I'm not 100%. Uh, it just goes to support everyone's theory that those mature ages, uh, probably a better chance of coming good quicker than the long investment rookies, uh, draftees, sorry. Yeah, we were talking before about uh, injuries making uh, premierships. Frio have got more injuries than uh, Essendon have outs. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got the top two, and that's all you really need to know about yeah, them. It's a, yeah, it's a lands. I mean, yeah. then throw in uh, Silvani, Yaron's out, both Pierce's are out, Mundy's out, Murabito, Johnson, 
Stephen Hill, Benell and Balak, they're all fucked. Plus Dawson. <laughs> no, he's playing, but that's yeah. what I mean. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he, he really hasn't uh, shown on the promise that uh, the Channel 7 commentary team thought he had. <laughs> I don't know. They must be hurting at Owens. Yeah, have to, expecting surely. Expecting about winning. But I don't know. I'm just I'm not sensing it. No, maybe no. it's a little bit of defeatism in that, like, oh, we've lost five, fucking hell. It's the best player in the co- team. I don't know. I don't well, know. Maybe the Western Australian media is getting up them more than what we can see. Oh, I dare say the West Coast supporters are, but um, I think even then they kind of get a bit tired of it. Yeah, it's like picking on the shitty younger, I don't know, next door neighbour or some shit. And even after the spray he gave a quarter of time, I thought the, uh, worked on one player who made the difference in that one quarter, which was Barlow. Yeah. Who just turned it on and all of a sudden put on some? Uh, was he coming from Sydney? Was he was he was gun for? Let's go with that. Wherever he was coming out of, uh, no, it wasn't Sydney. That was no, Joel Chesky. Again, he, he was, was always a, uh, Michael Barlow was another mature age player who yeah. I think was actually dropped before this game and went back and got fifty touches. He did, the yeah. The waffle was something ridiculous. So he, he knows he's on his last chance here. Yeah, um, and uh, he, at his age and his speed. They're going to give younger guys... Actually, well, Ross has said, I'm going to give younger guys a go yeah. um, ahead of him. Yep. Um, so he knows that uh, to keep his spot in this side, he has to be in their best you know, six players every week. Yeah. Otherwise, it's another rest. Uh, Lockie Neal's been a standout for him too. <laughs> He's uh, easily their best and fairest this year. He won't yeah. have any competition for that. And this was the two Weller brothers playing against each other as well, which I thought was both played good games. They did, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Lockie's obviously the younger one, isn't he? Uh, I say free- obviously and then ask. <laughs> <laughs> the Fremantle weather. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's one of those younger ones. And uh, he did some good things. And Maverick presented himself well, put a bit of muscle around the middle as well, which was, uh, they need that, uh, St Kilda. Um, yeah, Saints had a great game though, again, uh, once they pushed things up. Uh, yeah. Rewalt's uh, having another great season. Um, yeah. Running off the wing like Richo used to. Yeah. Really relished in that, hasn't he? Yep. Yeah, uh, McCartan took some uh, one, one nice mark as well, but then he had to go off for a fair while. But I've never heard what it was for. It was something to do with diabetes. He had to check his insulin or something like that. It's uh, type one diabetes. Okay, and they have to check it constantly. Right. And then, like, if there's if it's out, then you can't just go whack you back in. Right. They've got to layer it and show this. It's very confusing. Something yeah. behind it. Yeah. Um. Oh, I was going to change the subject a bit. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking before about. Giving the young lads a run. At what stage do you tell Pav, mate, you're getting a fair uh, send off and that's it? No, no you, you don't, you don't tell him that. Him. Uh, it, not Pav. No, he, we wait he, for Cam McCartney to come across. <laughs> <laughs> no, you tell Pav. You, you tell us, mate. When, when you're ready, yeah. if you want to quit in round eleven, we're going to let you. We'll, we'll call the parade right now. If you want to hang around to round twenty three, we'll we'll let it go. Well, that's just it. He's not doing another preseason. Probably not. Probably but, not. I'd say even with somebody like him who has been there all this time, yeah. all the mm. shit, I'd even say, mate, uh, we think you, you know, it's time to move on. If you want to play next year, you can play next year. Yeah. I, I'd say, you know, they, they say that the individual is never bigger than the club. Yeah, I reckon it's sometimes the individual is. Yeah, look, if they were making finals this year and thinking of a premiership window tilt next year, you'd probably say, oh, hang him up. But uh, based on this season, I can't see them winning a flag in the next two. No, and I think the biggest telling thing about this season is that they haven't put him in the middle when they've needed someone in the middle to dominate games, done which it, says a lot. They've done it a couple of times. Not often, though. Not yeah. very often at all. And if they had five, they probably wouldn't do it. Exactly, yeah. But it seems like they just can't trust that he's going to hold up 
uh, having a midfield spurt when they really need him or they're not willing to risk that, have another person go down. Now, look, the sensible thing is to say this is his last go round. Um, and a lot of people said that if um, Cam McCarthy did come across, that he would have gone yeah. retired last mm-hmm. year. Um, but I believe that he's done too much that he can actually say, you give yeah. him the, the right to, to call time when he wants it. For where the team is now. But For yeah. staying there. And it's it's great to see him play against Nick Rewalt because Nick Rewalt is exactly the same as yep. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You get to call time. Yeah. Uh, we will never tell you. Um, but yeah, that's just the way I think it is. Um, but it was another good win to the Saints at the end of the day. They uh, trot along nicely. Trot along nicely. On to the dream time of the G match. Uh, a match with highlights and uh, a lot of time in between those highlights. <laughs> yeah, I think the highlights was um, the starting ceremony and um, the Tiger song. Something happened in between that. <laughs> Dusty Martin had a few fend-offs. He had, some he had a good game, actually. Two yeah. weeks in a row where he's... His fend-offs have been his absolute highlight. Yeah. yeah. It's like he gets the ball and then he looks for someone just to run at them and fend them <laughs> off. <laughs> Could call him Waterboy. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe he gets paid per fend-off. He yeah. might be incentivized, or maybe he just fucking likes it. <laughs> there there was a, one of his uh, uncles or something was in the rebel bikey occupation of Fed Square, and they were talking about immigrants or some shit. So maybe he was just trying to say, you know, stop the immigrants. Or maybe he's trying to encourage them. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's just going for a fend-off. Yeah, ma- maybe he off. just hates opposition and sort of <laughs> fuck him up. Um, hates everyone. BG, he, he, um, he's he been a bit of a revelation. Uh, BJ, BJ Goddard? Yeah. Is that the one you mean? Or Yeah, well, yep. BG, BJ, whatever. Uh, BJ's his nickname. Well, I don't there's a big difference between a BJ and a BG. <laughs> um, I don't know what his middle name is, but yeah, BJ. John. I let's, don't know. let's go with... John or Jones. Johnson. Jeremiah. Johnson. Um, yeah. Johan. He's got the uh, captain's armband, even though they don't have armbands um, this year. So he's done a ride out of it. Yeah, look, I, I honestly don't think you can take it off him. Oh, you're going to give it to Well, Watson, so I on. Watson's the bloke coming. Oh, you mean next year, sorry. Yeah, right. Watson's the bloke coming back. But uh, yeah. if you've well, got a maybe. Cap- <laughs> well, yeah, if you've got a captain who's thinking he's going to be a barista for a while, um, I, I honestly don't think you give him the captain's uh, armband back. Uh, does he want it? Well, that's the other thing too, and you'd have to say not enough, if yeah. if at all. Yeah, probably not. It's probably best for both player and club if somebody mm. else wears it, be that um, Goddard or Heppel or whoever. Yeah, whoever it happens to be. And look, I thought Essendon tried hard, but I mean, trying hard with that sort of squad isn't really enough. Well, it's been their trademark too. Yeah, it's the best match I've seen Cooney play in about four yeah. years. Yeah, that's a fair call actually. Cooney did actually do like sort of old Cooney stuff. stuff, did stuff. <laughs> Probably his best match since the Brownlow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it was a Bagley tried hard, but it looks like he's given up a job at 30 Seconds to Mars or something or some emo band to play oh, footy. Right. So he's got eyeliner on and some emo haircut. Um, yeah. Tipawangi or Waller did good again. He, yeah. he's, he did fantastic. Never yeah. good. Uh, his closing speed to get the tackle. That's brilliant. And if there's a weapon as a defender, it's being able to yeah. make the forward shit themselves. Plus he's built. We saw yes. that rundown from Buddy Franklin where he caught Spud Ferrito from about 50 metres away. And yeah. you see it you know, happening. You're like, he's going to get him. He's going to get yeah. him. He's fucking got him. In fairness, probably most of us could run down Spud. It probably. Yeah. Um, this is the same. Although it was Kane Lambert. Um, yeah. I thought, he knows he's there. What's he doing? Yeah, exactly. There must have been nothing else on offer. And yeah. he's just going, well, this is how I'm living now. You say that, yeah. but... Going in Lambert's head, you've got to wonder what was going on. 
like was he running going oh can't get there can't get there or is he just running along going so you want to be a rock superstar live large Dusty Parrish Dusty Parrish will be a standout for Aston in this season I think rookie that they're going to be able to really bank on to be there for a good developer in that club if he's smart he'll get the fuck out Top five draft pick as well, so they're very happy that uh, they've got full value. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw uh, James Gwilt take a nice mark or two as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is unusual. For yeah, him. I was going to say the other end of that usually is Gwilt, but he did some good <laughs> stuff this this, this he, game. He, he <laughs> right. Joey Danaher though, like he's he was better this game. He's he, better up the ground. Yeah, a nice goal from fifty. But um, do you think he's delivering on what they're expecting from him? Because I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, the big lads take a little bit longer. And well, he still needs to put on another five kilos. Yeah. Five or 15 at least. But I, I agree with you. I thought this game was better for him, but I thought it was because he was down the ground on the wings and playing that yeah. sort of game. And I think yeah. because he had to, to get the ball. But I think looking at it, you've got no one else going to put it full forward, so it's kind of tough for them. But yeah. I think he might actually be a, a centre-half forward that plays from sort of the wings and gets the ball uh, facing the goal as opposed to leading out. Hmm. Um, Sean Hampson and uh, Ben Griffiths in the ruck slash forward role, or yeah. Griffiths is more forward, is there room for Marek anymore? Uh, it's no. tough, not really. Because um, Griffiths get... is on a, a brilliant tear. He was a bit quiet this game, but did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And um, Hampson's been bloody solid. He's getting his hands to the ball a lot in the ruck work. Mm. Look, I think if you... Uh, it doesn't really have a, a room in that uh, first 22 squad or whatever they're going to put on the field, but... Yeah. Um, He's got a role as a team man, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about marriage on the field that just fires you up. Yeah, where do you the stick crowd. him then? Like, yeah. You wouldn't stick him up forward because he's, he's not quite the goal-kicking marker that you need no. there. He to knows say, his limits, though. To and, say that he's lumbering is yeah. to give yeah. new definition to the slowness of the word lumbering. <laughs> and, yeah. and down back, you've got a brilliant back line uh, centred by Rance. Yeah. So you're not we've, gonna, got, we've got Rance. Well, you've got a decent back line yeah. that can run. So you're not going to stick a lumbering bloke back there. Um, I I want to see him in the side, but I just don't see why you'd have him. Yeah, seeing as this is the dream time of the G match as well, um, I want to bring up something else and just pose a question to you. Like we've had uh, this week, Nova Paris Nebone, who's quit politics to take up a role with the AFL. She was in politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty there much. you go. I don't follow politics. Yeah. Anyway. NT for quite a while. I, I kind of, but I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was in. Um, I think the best part of a decade. Well, right. she actually got a bloke sacked. At, oh, he managed to get himself sacked by having a whole bunch of racist abuse on Facebook and she published it and yeah he's an osteopath I think it's happened more than once that too yeah it's pretty arbitrary to pick a politician who's racist and I know he was being like really over the top racist towards her Um, but never mind that Uh, there's been calls for more Aboriginal oh sorry Indigenous people in uh, AFL coaching roles and AFL administration roles and Mm. there are now I think all the teams have Aboriginal Academy zones or right. Indigenous Aboriginal I mean the same thing yeah um, so there's more push for Aboriginal players um, so players coaches administrators right what's one area that there's no push for more Aboriginals in Just women's footy yeah no I believe it's still there as well tuck okay. shop operators media media we yeah. have no Aboriginal media except for the Margaret Footy Show on the SBS. Which is probably have, better, to be honest. We have no Aboriginal commentators. Yeah. So there was one. When? A while ago. Yeah, it would have been a while ago. So why do you think that is? And why is there no push for it? Well, there's not many Aboriginal journalists in general. Um, and So ex- why aren't they pushing for it? 
Well, I guess because the journals we got are so shit, we don't want to ha- increase the number. I think you're, you're so close to what I believe the answer is, is because who's pushing the agenda? The journos? Are they going to push well, yeah. themselves exactly. out of a job? Yeah. The commentators are going to push themselves out of a job. And if you've ever heard uh, Michael Long talk, you want to put a microphone in front of his face any chance you can get. Well, He's one of the best interviews going out there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, maybe there is some on radio that I don't know about. But I be, just found it interesting that there is no call for it. To be fair, the way it looks these days, you can probably pay Michael Long and meat pies. Um, he's not bad on a tooth, big fella. But, uh, he's a legend. He can do what oh, he likes. Ab- Mate, he's faster in his dreams than anyone has ever been in reality. Or he's faster in reality than anyone's been in the dreams. I fucked that up. <laughs> no, you're probably right, though. We can edit it, but we won't. <laughs> you will factually correct the first time and correct on hyperbole the second time. <laughs> anyway, that's Essendon versus Richmond. So let's go the Crows against GWS. Um, I thought that uh, what really stood out from this game, besides Eddie Betts' goal, um, any team is vulnerable if you can shut down their midfield, and that's yeah. exactly what the Crows did. Exactly. Mm. This is their best game for the year by a mile. Yeah. I think uh, I think at least two of us had the GWS picked. Yep. Um, uh, actually, I don't know. No, I didn't because... Uh, I, I picked GWS. Yeah. They had outs in their back line. Pretty sure. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's a game that could have gone either way, you know, at times, but uh, Adelaide just had too much in... In the end. Well, they managed to counteract what GWS were trying to do when they were pushing forward. And it was kind of like spurts. There were waves of GWS attacks, but it was never a consistent pressure. And that was the key of Adelaide was their pressure. They were always all over um, GWS, especially Shields, who got really solid attention. Well, I thought it was only um, goal kicking that kept GWS in it. Yeah. Adelaide could have had this dead and buried by halftime. Yeah. Uh, But the, the biggest thing was not just Eddie Betts kicking that miraculous goal, but he fundamentally beat Heath Shaw who has yeah. been the best mm. backman mm. all year, yeah. he beat him all ends up, yeah. uh, uh, which is a great effort from him because Heath Shaw's been on absolute fire. Well, yes. As a backman, all we can really do is make sure that if your forward's having shots, it's from shitty positions. Yeah. But with yeah. Eddie, it doesn't matter. there's no shitty positions. Yeah. You've got to make him have shots in front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, between uh, Eddie and Big Tex, they've kicked 10. Jeez, if, if you can get that return from two of your best forwards... You're going a long way to winning. Absolutely. Especially when you go on the other end and you look at uh, Cameron and Patton, who have kicked one mm. between them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about Stevie J? He had a quiet night as well, I thought. Um, Very quiet. But, I mean, he tends to be up and about. Like, he brings other players into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, when uh, if he's down, then everyone's down. Yeah. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he didn't trouble the scorers either. We've... Um... We've talked about Mumford quite a lot, and deservedly so. But uh, this match, he's he's been shaded. I think. I think Jacobs uh, had his measure. There's a few times Mumford had to run off to the bench because he was just buggered, um, mm, which yeah. really says that Adelaide's done their job. Yeah, absolutely. I never realised um, for a ruckman how short Mumford is. Like he's one of the shortest starting ruckmen in the league. Really, he'd be what? one of the heaviest. He's just a bison. He just he... gets going, and you don't stop him. I think he could be the heaviest. Oh, probably Sanderlands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mumford might be uh, just below Sanderlands there. But uh, you get a good return from him. But that's the problem with the the stocky blokes is that they'll run out of gas quicker. Still at his big tackles though. I tell you, what, yeah, there are people that uh, obviously get more tackles than him um, per game or for the whole season. But if you add up the uh, combined force of all yeah, the tackles, exactly, yeah. he wins. <laughs> I've, I haven't seen tackling used as intimidation as good since Byron yeah. Pickett. He is the Mark Hunt of tackling. <laughs> but if you look at the effort that people with the ball put in to not get tackled by him, it yeah. says a lot. It's like 
fuck this. Yeah. Oh, no, hand pass. Be somewhere else. <laughs> no done argues against Mumford. <laughs> no, they did a great job, Adelaide. Their most complete uh, game by a mile. Um, and, you know, they needed a big scalp. Yeah. Um, this is, a, like I said at the at the top, this is their second uh, win against uh, a top eight side. Oh, so. Adelaide are premiership favourites. Premiership favourites, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're bringing the advertisers. What do they call this? What's the advertisers down there? Late? Yeah. yeah. That's on, the front page, wouldn't it? On to the Sunday games, and for my money, game of the round um, from one team. What the fuck oh. is this? Carlton versus Geelong. Honestly, amazing. The only reason I watch this game is because you watch it go, oh, I can't wait till Carlton fuck this up. Oh, mate, if, if anyone out there has a, a betting slip that proved they bet on Carlton, I'll buy them a beer. Like, uh, Melbourne, I'll have a beer with you because I, I can't see how a sane person could have put money on Carlton before the game. I reckon Duncan Miner, Ben Wright, Guthrie, <laughs> Stanley, <laughs> Selwood. Got a few slips there. <laughs> I, only a self hating Geelong supporter who wants to hedge their bets yeah. would have put, so, the, put the money on. Um, you would have got good odds. This is why I hate uh, Brendan Bolton. I think he's the Antichrist. Um, yeah. Because everyone who wishes Carlton well. You know, we love Brendan Bolton and he's making us care about Carlton. Yeah. Fuck yeah. him. Yeah. That's all I can say. I was almost interested in watching Carlton um, put on what was a really good display. And one thing I found about this game was that it was the pressure from the very get-go that, that got them the win. And I think because yeah, what would happen was in the center, center clearances, they just dominated the, the stoppages and all around the ball. And what happened was the following effect from that was that Geelong would go defensive when the ball was still in dispute earlier than Carlton. And so they weren't there fighting for the ball to the to the end. They were there going, all right, the ball's in dispute, and some people would start to drop back. Yeah. And and then Carlton, who were just all going about forward, would win the ball, and then they'd be in the, the, the one step ahead to go over the top of them. Well, they've got a very tall back line, too. I mean, they've got Enright and um, Harry Taylor down there, and they're yeah. looking for the other guys to run off. Yeah. And they didn't have them uh, like easily available. Yeah. But you're right. It was pressure from back line to forward line all yep. the way through. And it was guys like uh, Tui, um, yeah. uh, Doherty, uh, yep. Arnfield, who just wanted to run all day. Yep. What the what the actual fuck have the Medicos been doing, though? Well, it was very interesting. Cruiser yeah. and Casbolt were out for a season, and all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 we're good. Just, just yeah. a week off. Well, that's one thing that Brennan Bolton had that Mick Malthouse never had in Steroids. his entire time at Carlton. And that was a fully fit Matty Cruiser. Yeah. Because he has been, for my money, the best ruckman in the last month. And look, that, yeah, that Cruiser, yeah, so, so. the Cruiser versus Smith battle around the ground was really interesting. In the ruck contest, yeah. it wasn't that interesting, but especially their forward line efforts. Like, both of them had snaps for goals that were big goals, uh, important plays. And especially around, around their feet, they were really good and setting up their forward line players, which both were very aware ruckmen. And uh, how many cloaks did Casbolt have this week? Because I didn't see any. I don't recall any. He had a couple of nice goals. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I do remember him missing one or two, but they were from yep. tight angles and they didn't miss by much. Well, it was yep. one and one. Uh, one goal, one. There you go. So, so he didn't have many shots. But yeah. I, I do remember him missing one. But a 50% return from him is good. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, in previous, he'd have he'd kick one goal, two, and then have four close. Yeah. And, and Weedering was almost a mature head in the back line, which was quite incredible. How stupidly good is that kid? He made one massive clanger, and I remember it because it was unusual. Yeah. That's amazing because you, it stands out when he makes a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which, is, in a way, is a backhanded compliment. Yeah. yeah. There will be 20 teams offering him... Uh, jobs yeah. next year. He's and not going anywhere. I'm, I'm Why including none of yeah. in the e- e- EFL. But, <laughs> yeah, um, 25 grand a match or whatever they're playing cloak. <laughs> I'll get fucking into it. But, um, it's a satire article. Okay. <laughs> Look, he, he's going to be just 
a rock star. Well, it was his last line of defense work that was yep. incredible because you you got no one to rely on. You are the last line of defense. And he was the one that was, all right, settle down. We'll just chip it around there. And he'd run forward and, and force the defense to have to do work and open up gaps for everyone else to lead into. I think him and Sam Rowe together make each other look better. Yeah. Well. yeah. Yep. Sam Rowe got yep. towed up in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, and he came back to be uh, arguably one of their best players. And, and a couple of people did that as well. Like, Kerridge was the same. He yep. didn't. He had some quiet spots there and came good. Same as Thomas. Thomas did a lot of teamwork around... Simon White? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who who I was looking at going, who the fuck's that guy? Yeah, <laughs> he played a blinder. Yeah. How many years has Thomas got left? I think this is his contract year. So, obviously, one-year contracts from here on in. So, well, he's, he's going to start saving pennies because he's not getting the same contract that he got. No, I was going to say there'd be a lot of money uh, coming back into the salary Nicholas cap. There. I think yeah. Weedering will take a fair chunk of it. Yeah. But uh, Thomas start ain't going hey, to tr- tr- uh, trouble the scorers. And rightly so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Easily take, uh, you know, 300k from Thomas and move it over to Weedering tomorrow. Well, actually, I was listening to um, uh, old... Um, Brendan Favola on the radio and he was talking about Eddie Betts uh, when he left Carlton and he said Eddie didn't want to leave he loved Carlton and uh, you know when they said here's your money uh, for the contract and he's gone oh that's a bit, bit on the low side he's gone, oh you know there's no money we, we, this is all we got and he's like oh okay yeah. and then Thomas's contract comes up they're given a five year contract for a shite ton of cash for more than what Eddie's on yeah. oh, for way more than what Eddie's on and it's to a non-Carlton bloke you know because Eddie want to stay there and he's like out of that offer me almost double Yeah. so how could you not and then on the way out he ran into uh, Jared Waite and uh, I think it was Matty Cruiser and he just broke down and cried because he, he wanted to stay around but uh, you know you're only in this game for so long and yeah. you've got a family it, it, it was nice to. of Waite to pretend to cry too <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lockie Henderson he, yeah. he, he grabbed a ride on the way out <laughs> um, uh, Bryce Gibbs was best on ground by a country mile um, yeah a oh, Brownlow favourite yeah well he could actually be uh, we certainly he's firmed up in the betting for it, but well, he's a standout in a team that doesn't have many standouts. So but that's the thing is, how many votes does he get from here? Because he could be in double figures after two yep. rounds. Not a bad effort. Yeah, but he tends mm. to be someone that you love to hate. So yeah, you <laughs> hope that plays plays a factor with the umpires. Um, but I mean, he gets three votes in this game. That obviously deprives Paddy Dangerfield of some votes as well. So yeah, very interesting come the end of the year um, to watch that. Look, this is Carlton's fifth win for the year. I don't think they get five wins in the next two years combined. Yeah, no, I had them down for two to three max. Uh, uh, I don't know how many more they'll win. They look fit. That was the scary thing. They looked really fit. Like they could run out the whole game. They look aggressive. Yeah, that's the other thing too. When the final siren went, there was no jubilation because they didn't have the energy for it. Yeah, (laughs) they were spent. Yeah, you've got it. Like you know, Brendan Bolden's up there going, "Oh my fucking boys, yeah, my boys." If we're calling worse for MacGyver for bringing something out of nothing, we've got to call Bolts and. Picasso or something. He's gotten something ugly and made it beautiful. I have no problem. He's got, he's got something ugly and made it worth something. <laughs> yes, that's uh, still not beautiful. I'm a I'll, genius. I'll have absolutely no problem if he's the first coach of the year that doesn't make finals. Yeah, and they could make finals. Yeah, um, but See, uh, well, they, they've made finals without making finals before. <laughs> you don't need to finish in the top eight to make finals. That's one thing. I'll Carlton tell you what. Shows. If you've actually got a betting slip that shows Carlton will be smashing Frio at the end of the by the end of the season, I'll buy you another beer. Because that would be just unbelievable. So everyone, keep your betting slips. Right? They come in handy. What we've learned Even when is, they lose, they win. What we've learned is Josh wants to have a drink with some people. That's all we really know. Someone have a drink with him. <laughs> Jesus. I tell you, if you and Tom Waterhouse are on the next day, I'll tell you what, and if your team doesn't get up, I'll buy you a beer. You and me, Please. buy a beer. I, I would be swimming in money. If, if that. If they were allowed to do that, are they? I have no idea. Probably, Sports bed. I'll buy you a beer. 
<laughs> Actually, they should tears. do that with BWS. Fuck it. All right, trademarking that. I'm going to call up Sportsbet tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, gee, nobody's ever thought of mixing alcohol and gambling before. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag I am a genius. Um, yeah. We have a gambling podcast too. It's going crazy. Yeah. yeah, I know. You've been editing it for five months so far. I mean, the old one. The old one's still going crazy. Oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah, new, one's, new one's coming out uh, this year. <laughs> we recorded it before Christmas. Yeah, I just hate listening to the sound of my own voice and I tell the most stories. Oh, so. Mate, we know. Yeah. Anyway, on to uh, Carlton, uh, sorry, uh, Collingwood <laughs> versus uh, the Bulldogs. Um, really, again false modesty in the post-match press conference yeah. um, Buckley was saying the injuries didn't lose it for us they did yeah they did yeah. they did um, but he, he, he's not allowed to say that because it yeah. becomes a cop out but we know that they did we, yeah we understand that, that I mean it was still in dispute like the game was there to be had but with, with those injuries you had no chance of winning you, I, you lost mm. the contest with those injuries like yeah. for Solomon who was actually injured I think mm. he was concussed yeah um, had uh, Trelaw no, not Trelaw, sorry. Adams, who's done a hammy, and he was absolutely gone, so yeah. he'll be a month or so out. Um, God, somebody... Uh, Fasolo's done a shoulder, it's saying. More. Uh, I think Fasolo's actually um, got a crack in his uh, tibula or something like that. Right. It was announced today. He's gone for scans. Shit. Um, you know, a little bit of concussion there as well. So yeah, when it came to the final quarter, they had no rotations left whatsoever. Yeah. And it's not the usual injuries we've seen from Collingwood as well, which looked like they were training injuries. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's uh, the hamstring, obviously, with uh, yeah. Adams. It might have been Adams who's broken a bone. I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of uh, impact injuries, which is just down to bad luck, really. Yeah. Yep. And it was funny seeing um, Daniels try and push around Mason Cox. <laughs> Great, stuff. Great But power to him for having a yeah. crack. Takes you back to those photos of Manute Bowl with Muggsy Bones. Yeah. He looks like Uriah Faber with a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put Uriah Faye beyond him to wear a helmet. Yeah, Uriah Faye might beat up Mason Cox. So, um, I think that even though they lost Collingwood have, in the last three weeks, you know, <laughs> wins over uh, emphatic win yeah. over Brisbane, um, a good win over Geelong, and a good showing against the Bulldogs, I think all talks about Buckley's in trouble. Yeah, as frivolous as those talks were. Are now ended as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, oh, for another two weeks. Th- those injuries, they're going to find it hard against Port Adelaide. Yeah. I think they got next week. Yeah, but you've shown um, enough, like exactly. even with injuries. Yeah, I'm, I'm still planning on sticking the boots in. I, I always will because it's Collingwood. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's always it's fair game. Time. It's, it's, it's always not, fair game. But he's not I mean, going to get sacked. We're trying to present a voice of reason somewhere amongst this podcast. I think for he's a while. the first coach with tenure. Yeah, <laughs> so, he's got residency for you know next couple of years. There's no worries there. But they did put in. A, they played a really good game. Uh, just in patches, and yep. the patch that they missed out on was the last quarter. So with those injuries, you you know it was right. It was on the wall. Um, but Bulldogs, they still seem to be doing enough to win these games that maybe they don't deserve to win. So it's a sign of a team that you know. I mean, obviously we all predicted that they're going to go good. Well, they're starting to get their players back as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is Suckling's first game back, and I think they've got a couple more. Yeah, come Specimen back came back. Sorry? Marcus Adams back in. Uh, he was supposed to be out in another two weeks. But oh, he decided, no, nah, fuck it, I'm playing. I'm back in. Yeah. Yep. And Redpath was back as well. That was suspension. Yeah. Um, and uh, Matty Boyd. Um, so there's a lot of upside for the Bulldogs here as well. Um, and just going back, like I said, they're one and three against top eight sides, so... The, they've got a couple of big games coming up yep. um, so they'll need some more wins against other quality opposition yeah. well, to really announce that they're back the only blokes that are really missing are Johannesson and Murphy yep. uh, yeah, Murphy and, and that's Murphy's not coming gone. back but uh, Johannesson's yeah. another 
you know, he went back to after the bye. It looked like a bad hamstring pull yeah. when he did his. And that's it. Yeah. When, when you come back, for the style of play that he was providing for the Western Bulldogs, you're not going to do that same thing coming back from Hammy. Yeah. No, you definitely take the yeah. take the bye week. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an extra week. But when you're Eastern Wood taking speckies all over the back, but even, back line. How good you know, was he? Always helps. Yeah. And kicking goals. Yep. <laughs> Bastard. You'd love to have that player on your team. He's just so versatile. Does everything. Um, on to West Coast Eagles versus Gold Coast. Uh, West Coast flogged them. All right. Yep. Do it. Back then. <laughs> That's right. it. It, it just, again, it's, it's it's not West Coast's fault. It's just the way the draws, um, the fixtures come out. But they're 0-3, like we said, against top eight sides. Yeah. The Suns are shit. Gone over there, they got flogged. What do you expect to happen? And that's it. And things I like the Suns, I want to see him go good, but it's just heartbreaking to see him have this real insipid sort of efforts. And there's some people in the club where you're like, they are putting it on the line every single game, yep. and they just don't have uh, the experience or the, the depth to uh, off field problems and that yeah. many things they've got to deal with. That uh, yeah, I just don't see what they're going to do to turn this around in the next year. Well, what shits me is that uh, the backer house staff are blaming everyone but themselves. They went with this strategy of we're going to get the best player in the league and we're going to you know put players around him and all that sort of shit. It didn't work. Uh, whether you've put the wrong coach in, the wrong game plan, whatever, it hasn't worked. And they've complained that Western uh, uh, GWS had someone like Kevin Sheedy. They had uh, better coaches. They had better this. They yeah. GWS had a good advantage, don't get me wrong, but they weren't that far ahead of the Suns in terms of concessions. The Suns fucked up building a team. Yeah, they did have, like, GWS had um, two dips at the concessions mm. in the draft, yeah. as well as, you know, obviously they got the number one draft pick the year that the Suns finished Wooden Spoon. And you're Western Sydney as opposed to Gold Coast, which is probably, I mean, Western Sydney would outnumber Gold Coast by a million or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, Surely. but if you're, if you're trying to get a player to come... A million like, footy fans too. Bloke, do you want to come to Parramatta or the Gold Coast? Like, uh, which line are you going to be in? And like we said, we've gone through it a few times. It's really their mature age um, recruits, besides Ablett, mm, yeah. that haven't really gone on. Yeah. And they've had lots of them. It was like Bock and the old school ones that they wasted a lot well, of lot of money on. Bock was unlucky because yeah. he snapped his legs up yeah. shocking. Yeah. But even Campbell Brown and lots of them just didn't pan out the way they right. didn't I mean, do what they needed to do. Even Campbell Brown said he wouldn't have taken himself. <laughs> no. no he, he was well past it. And yeah. He showed that in his last year at Hawthorne as well. But, but mind know. you, if someone's offering you cash, you're fucking jump out of course. Offering you overs. Yeah. Well overs. Yeah, you go get chill up on the Gold Coast for the last year of your career. I'd take it for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, so that wraps up round 10. So we'll look forward to round 11 um, and have a look at uh, what's going on and give our tips. Friday night down in sunny Hobart, we've got oh, North shit. Melbourne hosting Richmond. Uh, big game for, for both of them because Richmond have played their best footy in the last month. But now yeah, not against, on Friday uh, night, so. Not on Friday night. <laughs> no. <laughs> to be honest, I, being in Hobart um, and the fact that it's going to be probably shite weather. Yeah. Yeah. Six degrees. A, a night game at Hobart. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck I, that. No matter what happens here, it's not going to tell the tale of the season. Uh, if North could win by 10 goals, Richmond could win by 10 goals, and you'd still be like, well, we're probably not going to play like that in those conditions again for the next five yeah. years. So whilst uh, I still reckon North have got the advantage having played there more than Richmond, uh, it, it, a win or a loss, it's not going to... Answer, it's not going to answer any questions unless yeah. Yeah, unless Richmond runs away with it. See, if yeah. there's something else on Friday night, I might watch this in the ad breaks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, Hawthorne versus Melbourne in the MCG on Saturday. I uh, like this match. It's going to be a great match. I think yeah. uh, I would have preferred it, actually, if Viney was in there. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Melbourne's strength in their midfield is almost Hawthorne's weakness. Well, 
if Hawks yeah, are weak anywhere, yeah. it'd be their ruck. Uh, and Gorn... Maxi Gorn can take a game apart. Yep. He absolutely can. So they do match up quite well. Um, I, I'm still going with Hawthorne, but I think they'll get a, a bloody good fright at several stages. I think Hawthorne's won 12 in a row against Melbourne, and the average winning margin's like 70 or something like that. Yeah. This is the best chance Melbourne have got. Well, here's where I see it breaking down for Melbourne is across their forward line where, I mean, you've got Hogan who took some great standout marks and strong marks in, in the packs for yeah. against Port, but against Hawthorne is a different ball game where you're playing a, a team of defenders. You've got Gibson, you've got Lewis there. Frawley. You've got Frawley. And it's going to be very tough to be able to, let alone uh, contest those those pack marks because someone's going to be taking you out of there. And so that's where I see it breaking down for Melbourne. It's going to be tough for them to be able to, to uh, overcome that, but... The way they can do that is getting first use of the ball out of the ruck, which Max Gorn is instrumental in doing. He's going to get it. And with their muscle on the inside, that's yeah. really going to go a long way for this game. Yeah. Um, it's interesting about the Hawks uh, because they're 7-3 and three at the minute. And yeah. I think the last three years, their premiership years, they've been 7-3, 6-4, 7-3 at yeah. this stage. Yeah. But they just don't look convinced at all. Like, no. They're sitting 7th on the ladder, something like that, and that feels about right. They've always been playing. a bit of a stayer. Well, it's 7th but equal 3rd on yeah, but it's, it's not, though. They, they haven't been impressive at all. See, they've always been nine back, four wide of the last turn, and they come through and just blitz at home. We're still... Yeah, they haven't had a... They've had one real convincing game so far, and that was West Coast in round yeah. two. But I remember Sydney were like that, well, for the last decade. Yeah, really. forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just slow First half of the season, they kind of just sneak under, and everyone sort of thinks, oh, yep. well, they're just making up the numbers, and all like, of a sudden, come the finals, like, hey, they, they beat those guys. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> right. Shit, we should be worried here. They win because they're over there at home, and then it comes yeah. finals, they start beating the MCG, like, holy shit. I'm glad it's back in the MCG. We need more games there. Um, Carlton uh, hosting the Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions do not play well away from Brisbane, so Carlton yeah. could actually have a percentage booster. Yeah. Well, uh, I can only think, the only thing that stopped Carlton was they blew their wad this week. Um, because they're a far, far better team than Brisbane. They could be going yeah. six and five. That's amazing. There's yeah. oh, there's no way you would have picked that. I, no. I, I'm tipping it this week, though. I am tipping Carlton. Yeah. Uh, Geelong get to host GWS. Uh, GWS need to bounce back, but Geelong are looking at three losses in a row if they yeah. hold up at home. Yeah. And the thing is, Geelong look like they've put in a lot of effort to get those three losses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they've been trying hard on those games and still just hasn't worked out. It seems like almost for the last three or four games for Geelong, the harder Dangerfield tries, the worse they go. Well, Skilled Stadium is one of the smaller fields. Who does it suit best? Like, besides the fact that uh, it's going to be crowded with Geelong supporters, I think the actual dimensions of the field suit GWS. Maybe they do, but at the same time, there is it's a very different ground and a little mm. bit unique. Um, yeah, especially the, same the wind way there, apparently, isn't it? Canberra um, gives GWS an advantage because you, you don't know the breeze and the pockets and that kind of stuff. Hang on, is this Skilled or Spotless Stadium? Skilled. Uh, I think it's called Skilled Stadium. Yes, yeah, Spotless is um, SBO. one of their two home grounds for uh, for the Giants. Yeah, this is oh, down right. at Cadinia. This is Yeah, Cadinia. You just call oh, okay. it I, I'm trying to think of what... It's called these days, but it's changing name next yeah, year. It's Spotless Stadium and no Simon's name, sorry. Right, Simmons. Uh, there right, you go. Right, right. I because they're both SS. <laughs> it used to be skilled, then it was now it's Simmons, and it's going to be called something else stupid next year. Yeah, yeah. No Spotless is SPO. All oh, right, all right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I think that it it might the dimensions might suit GWS's game, but the intricacies idiosyncrasies of, of the ground will help Geelong, and they're yeah, very hard yeah. to beat down there. Although they've yeah. lost. 
Who'd they lose to down there this year? Somebody. Anyway. Um, I'm on GWS. I think I can't see Geelong losing three in a row. Yeah, that's the tough. only reason. I couldn't see yeah. Geelong losing last week. I couldn't see it. No, God, no. All the week before. All the week before. Yep. So I'm, I'm tipping Geelong again. And yeah. then if they lose, it's hilarious. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, got, I got Geelong, yeah. Uh, Gold Coast are hosting the Sydney. We don't need to call that game. Uh, Frio versus Essendon in what could oh, be my an God. absolute howler of a game again. And it could be game of the round. It could be game of the round. <laughs> it could be the best match to watch this weekend. I'm going back to Carlton versus Frio earlier in the year. Over <laughs> yeah. Domain. It was yeah. hilarious to watch. Yeah. This could be and hilarious awesome. again. Yeah. Uh, Get the popcorn. Oh, I think it's worth uh, recording and then watching on about speed and high. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke a <laughs> couple of joints. <laughs> well, Watch this game. It'll be hilarious. Well, hey, you're watching Essendon play, so getting on drugs <laughs> yeah. kind of goes with it. I think 1.5 speed, if you can have the commentary as well. Yeah. Uh, I'd yeah. love to hear... Uh... Wowee! <laughs> 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 And then Richo sounds normal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we should investigate this further. Uh, Sunday, the two magpies at the MCG, Collingwood versus Port. Oh, yeah. Port are red hot for their first the, win. The prison the bars versus the prison stars. <laughs> Love it. You've been I wish you just that made that one. up. I did just make that up. Um, I think Collingwood's injuries are actually going to hurt them because it means Cloak has to come back. Yeah. Um, so Port Adelaide for me. It was the MCG. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah, actually, I think Collingwood uh, a bit too slow around the ground for Port. I think, uh, lots of space in the MCG for Port to run in. So I think the width of Port will beat Collingwood. Cloaks back in. That, uh, well, they've got four injuries out of last week, yeah. <laughs> and I'm never should. tipping Collingwood ever. So yeah, no, Cloaks <laughs> back in. I'm going Port. <laughs> no, uh, actually, I, I think I'll be at that game. Um, I think that because. Um, Adams especially is out. Uh, when he came back into the side, it's Adams, Trelaw, Pendlebury in the middle that really gave him, uh, and side bottom, um, all that run because there was so much load was spread. I think it hurts. They've lost one of those uh, key mids. Oh, and they'll, yeah. pro- they'll probably have to put Aish back in, won't they? Aish, maybe. Oh, maybe. that's going to be hilarious. Um, He's shit. Bulldogs hosting the Eagles at Etihad Stadium. Um, well, if the Eagles win, they can get rid of their flat track bully. Um, tag. Yeah. What was, what was think, the stat you were saying? Zero and three. If zero and three against top eight. So this is this is their chance to really uh, get a one on the board. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't think they're gonna. No, neither do I. Not I think the Bulldogs, Bulldogs yeah. at Etihad Stadium. Yeah. I think the Bulldogs will absolutely tear them apart. They are ferocious at Etihad Stadium. Like their their ability to go through the middle of Etihad is yeah. crazy. Um, if West Coast win though, it really says a lot about their finals chances. Does like said, yeah. zero and three, but. Um, they've got six games left yep. against uh, top eight sides. Yeah, if the Suns beat Gold Coast, they're having a great season too. But yeah. uh, I think they're equal chances to happen. Well, I think I think because like what would be most telling if West Coast win is that this is a side that that matches up against West Coast weaknesses yeah. Uh, yeah. very strong. So if they can get over the line against someone like Western Bulldogs at, away from home, it says a lot for what they're progressing. They're Nat, if they get up, it'll be because of Nick Nat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yep. He'll yeah. have to be almost like a centerman, a center ruckman. He'll have to Kicking be... goals. Everything, yeah. 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 Roving, uh, he'll so they probably carry the substitutes too. They need six of him. But yeah, to me, Western Bulldogs are the rock to West Coast Eagles paper. Um, the other thing I want to say about rock West Coast Eagles is... Fuck that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, 0-3 um, against top eight sides. They've got six games left against top eight sides. Um, but a lot of those are at home. They've yeah. got Hawthorne at home. They've got Sydney at home. Yeah, um, and a, a few others, I think. Good so. confidence. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Bruce is going to the finals too. Exactly. Get those ones at home. Um, and finally, Adelaide Crows are hosting St. Kilda at Adelaide Oval. Um, if this was at Etihad, you'd give the Saints a chance, but I think yep. the Crows are just too good and in too good a form at the yeah. to yeah. be troubled. Yeah. You'd have to say, Adelaide are just about unbackable uh, in terms of odds here, and they deserve to be. Uh, yeah. Premiership favourites, for sure. And look, you can't underestimate the advantage of that um, Adelaide Oval crowd, one-sided. Yeah. Uh, it's, it makes a huge difference. And that was the same with Collingwood when they were playing, whoever the fuck they played last week. MCG? Yeah. No, whoever it was at MCG. It was like the, the amount of uh, almost like momentum you get from that crowd yeah. just being one-sided is incredible. Um, that'll be round 11 then. Um, I, I'm fairly confident on my nine out of nine tips there, seeing as, uh, I've been, I think the best I've done all year is six. So yeah. I think uh, I tip six in that, that, uh, next round. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't got a tip all season. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I've been going hundred percent. All right. That'll do us, uh, for this round. So like we always say, hit us up on clickingballs.com. Yeah. Um, the Facebook page is everything there and downloads uh, on SoundCloud. If you don't want the ads, we're probably going to change that soon. Anyway, we're going to a new server, uh, new we, host. we may do, um, yeah. we'll, we'll have a look at that. We'll sort them out. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much guys. See you next Tuesday. Peace.